0: It's Russ. Welcome to today's show. It is really great to see everybody here. Today, I am here with the amazing Mark Von Muser, our Director of Sales, and Jane Jewell, our Managing Director. And guys, today, we're going to be talking about uh, rich brain versus poor brain. If you guys have ever read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. It's a great book. But basically, it's a study of um, you know the difference between the way that wealthy people see the world and successful people see the world versus the way that unsuccessful people see the world. And so we kind of wanted to jump on today and break that down for you a little bit because very interestingly, one of the one of the problems that we see come up again and again isn't in people that have a tough time making it. It's actually in the people that do make it where we've had clients where we've taken their business and scaled them from let's say 10k a month where they were up to 100k, 200k a month very very rapidly and then have them kind of have a little bit of a freak out. And uh, because because their beliefs and their mindset needs a minute to, to catch up with how fast their business is progressing. So we thought it'd be a great idea to come on and do a show today and just talk about what are those differences? What are the differences between the way that people who are rich think versus people who are poor think? And, and it's not even about how much is in your bank account, guys. That's not really what we're talking about. What we're talking about is the mindset that orients you in the direction of success and the mindset that tends to orient you in the direction of either failure or just staying stuck where you're at. Because the way that people who are moving forward think and the way that people who are stuck think are two dramatically different things. So we want to break that down for you. And as we as we break down these things, I want you to sort of take an internal audit Of where you're at. Because the truth is that some of us do these things some of the time and some of us do the right thing some of the time and some of us do the wrong thing some of the time. But it's a really good idea to just keep these five things in mind as sort of a mental checklist that you can check yourself on to see whether or not you're operating in an optimal way or whether or not you're operating in a way that's gonna that's gonna keep you stuck. So Mark, Jane, welcome guys. It's great to see you. Great to be here. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. I'm excited. (laughs)
1: This is such a great topic.
0: Yeah, it's a great topic. And it's necessary because this is a real thing where you can actually outgrow your own mindset. You can create uh, with the right strategy... Like what we give to our clients where they're commanding premium prices. They're getting the leads they want. They're getting the clients they want. You can actually kind of outgrow your own mindset and your own beliefs. And, uh, it can really throw you for a tailspin if you're not prepared for it. So the best thing to do is to have a solid mindset at the get go. So have a solid mindset from the beginning that you can build your business on top of rather than having a really kick ass strategy on sort of a weak mindset where, Oh my God, then you're scrambling to kind of shore things up when you, when you get to a certain level.
2: Yeah, well, what we noticed is like you said, like the business might go really fast because the strategy is so amazing, but your mindset is kind of still at that lower level. It's almost like a a slingshot, right? It's like pulling you back into what you know so that you can have that kind of status quo in your mindset. So I love this topic because as you were saying, if you're mindful of this is these five things we're about to talk about, is it's like a diagnostic tool. To exactly. notice like, where are you on that scale? And just in noticing, oh yeah, I kind of do think that way or I kind of do that. It just lets you say, okay, great. This is a, an opportunity for me to see. I should go back and take a look at the, some of these beliefs and move through them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the first one that we wanted to share with you guys is that is that what we find is that... Rich people tend to be inspired by success, whereas people in a poverty consciousness tend to be resentful of success or even threatened by other people's success. And now this is a trap that all of us can fall into. If you guys have a competitor that's in your marketplace, or you guys have somebody that maybe, maybe got started at the same time that you did, where you know you, this, this person's career has progressed faster than you, how do you let that affect you? Do you let that inspire you and take that as evidence? Well, oh man, if that idiot Russ Rafino can build a great company, maybe I can too. Do you let that inspire you or do you let it make you resentful or do you let it make you feel threatened where, where when you see this other person's success, you feel like you kind of have to hide and shield your eyes from it because it's just so threatening to you that someone else can make it?
2: Yeah. It almost like it, I was speaking with someone the other day, has you feel bad So, they, you know, from that mindset, they look at somebody else's success instead of going, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I so see what's possible now. I'm going to, you know, move towards that. I'm loving that. What a model of success. Or do you look at that and go, oh, I wish I could do that. What's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? How come I'm never going to be successful? Right. So, or you just notice like it kind of gives you this little, even feeling of unease or upset. And that's a real good guidance system of where you're living in terms of wealth and abundance uh, if you start to feel bad around it.
1: The other aspect, Jane, I want to stack on that is also there's a reason why this happens. Because again, that innate feeling that you're not enough, innate feeling at your core that, Oh my God, why can't I do it? And the difference was this has been conditioned from the time you were in kindergarten and before. So by the time you become an adult, you more than likely have had millions and millions and millions of references that you're not enough. You're not tall enough. You're not smart enough. You're not this enough. You're not that enough. You're not, you're too masculine, not masculine enough, too feminine, not whatever. Millions of references. So then when you come into an entrepreneurial space or you look at somebody else well, you have millions of references where you were not enough. You didn't make the varsity basketball team. You started a business. It failed. You didn't get the promotion. So there's millions of those. And prosperity, most people don't have an overabundance of references for prosperity. So it's foreign to them. They don't even know how to think. And so when they're doing that, they have not conditioned that, that prosperity of the rich brain thinking. They only have references to which then reinforce, see, I told you so you know, Russ had it easy. Russ was probably great in technology. Russ was probably the first of the market. Russ was probably all those things. And the reason they do that is it still allows me to be safe. Right now I'm not sticking my neck out there and sticking it on the line. And now it's okay. And that's what we do. And they will find here's the truth. You're right either way. You either have there's an opportunity there or there's not. And it might not be fair. You know, if people knew your story Russ, us, they'd be blown away at what obstacles you overcome to get to this point. Same thing with Jane and the people we've helped. So that's another aspect too. It's not always fair. Most people that are going to listen to this were conditioned from the moment they grew up that money doesn't grow on trees. You know, uh, uh, the wealthy take advantage of, of the week. And there are plenty of references for that. You know, it's it's we can't do it. So that's another aspect to realize why, so many people are broke is because of that condition poverty and poor brain thinking.
0: So at the end of the day, you can take a look at someone who's successful and you can you can choose to have that be evidence for the fact that you can't succeed. Well, this person made it so I can't, or this person is smarter, or this person's better looking, or this person had a had a leg up, or this person has great branding or whatever. And you can try to... F- hair. Whatever. Great hair, obviously, <laughs> for Mark and Jane. You can look at that and you can take that as a reference for, okay, well, then therefore I can't do it. Or you can look at that and, and, and flip the script and say, dude, you know, God, if this person's making it and that person's making it and this person's making it, why can't I? And that really is the way that you guys should condition yourself to think about things where when you see someone who's doing better than you, you look at them and you go, oh man, If this guy can do this, I can definitely do this too. Allow the success of others to inspire you and just be proof that it can be done. Don't let it be something that traps you into playing that comparison game where you're looking at somebody maybe who's been in the game for three years or four years or five years, or they started their business 10 years ago on, I don't know, AOL or Alta Vista or something, and, and you're comparing yourself to the fact that you haven't gotten as far as they have. Allow other people's success to inspire you and never let it make you daunted or afraid or resentful. So that's really the first thing that we see. And guys, listen, that is something that you have to constantly caution yourself against. Our highest level mastermind is called the Millionaire Alliance. And we have people in there doing 100k a month and 200k a month, and 300k a month or whatever. We still have to watch out for that resentment between the people who are doing 150,000 a month. And then if there's someone in there that's doing 300,000, it's like they still start to go, Oh, well, so-and-so can do it and I can't. So it's this thing that you constantly have to guard yourself against regardless of how much you have in the bank. It really doesn't matter. I would say the more successful you are, in some ways, the more prone you are to this sort of thing where you start playing that comparison game. I don't want you guys to fall into that trap. I want you to be able to condition yourself so that when you see someone else making it, you just look at that as proof that you can do it too. Let me stack on that, Russ, because
1: that's a great point. Comparison is the thief of joy. And one of the things that happens is that people will go ahead and compare their internal worst. The time they, you know, they have all that stacked where they didn't meet the goal. They have thousands and thousands of references, and then they're going to compare it to somebody else's best that they see on the outside. Almost like people like comparing themselves. Well, I can't be Bernie Madoff. Look how much money he has. They didn't know the whole story. The only time you want to compare and successful people will compare against their best. This is a big thing of what Jane talks about, about, okay, great. You know, I'm 5'7". I'm never going to be a center in an NBA. And if I keep thinking that way, that's what stopped me. If I had compared myself against my very best, I could have continued to enjoy the game. One belief paralyzed me. And Jane, you see it and we both see it in COD all the time, even a millionaire alliance. Somebody compared to other people on their journey up, they're making 40, 50,000. If they compare themselves to somebody who's six months ahead of them making a quarter of a million a month. Then all of a sudden, they now made the process even harder because it's all relative instead of how am I executing? So Jane, what would you say on that too? Because we see it all the time.
2: Yeah, I think... uh, Well, I think you you pretty much nailed that, Mark. But uh, (laughs) I think the thing that I'd like to add is that, again, this is your guidance system. So if you see someone, whether it's posting or like you're talking about, it's like this outside world or they're celebrating some kind of success... And you notice like, oh, you you start to go downward, have a couple of resources available to you in that moment so that you can do a turnaround. Mm -hmm. So something like, you know, you see somebody's success and you kind of, you know, go downward in your emotional state is asking yourself, like, "How how can I be inspired by this right now? By this success, you know, seeing this success, what is now available to me? If I were to look at this in a way that would be inspiring, how would I view this? Mm -hmm. You know, and just asking yourself a couple of really great questions has you start turning around and viewing it in another way. So I think these are all just triggers that we're going through, right? Is that if these triggers have you go into a lower emotional state, that's you. That's a good warning signal that you need to do some more work on your prosperity and wealth mindset.
0: Totally. And that dovetails perfectly with the next one, which is that we find that the poor brain tends to look for excuses, but the rich brain looks for a way. Mm. And how do we see that? We see that's one that we see coming up all the time, where an excuse is really just a way to justify you not getting what you want and to say, well, it's not my fault because of this, or it's not my fault because of that. But all of that energy is just wasted energy. I mean, you're really just trying to comfort yourself, aren't you? When the the best comfort you can get is to, instead of putting your energy toward, well, what's a story I can tell myself to make myself feel better? It's what can I do to actually win in this situation? What can I do to actually achieve what I set out to achieve? And so that's that's a huge difference where you're conditioning yourself to spend your energy immediately going to the solution. And this is something, guys, just so you know, We've worked on this a lot in our internal team at Clients on Demand, where when we have these big challenges that come up in our business, and we do, it happens all the time, we've conditioned ourselves to immediately, like maybe spend, I don't know, a few minutes taking apart the problem so we really understand it. But then immediately, we switch our focus to, okay, now we understand what's going on. But right away, what can we do to fix it? How can we get resourceful? How can we find a way to win? Because if you dwell on the problem, And if you dwell on creating excuses, it robs you of your power and resourcefulness and you can't do anything to fix it. Mm. One of my favorite stories,
1: Russ, was a psychologist was studying two identical twin brothers brought up in a horrible environment, alcoholism, emotional abuse, poverty, everything that you can think of, which was really horrible. So when the, the doctor was intrigued because they'd ended up in two different places. So they started with the one brother who ended up in prison for a very long time. And then when they went there and studied this person, they went and interviewed him in prison. And they were like, how did you end up here? And he goes, how did I end up here? Did you not read my file? Did you see what I grew up with? My dad and mom were both alcoholics. I had poverty. We moved all the time. We had to steal to get by. My dad was dishonest. I had to go up that. It was not right. And it was all true. This is the key. So then later they went and found the identical brother. When they interviewed the identical brother, they said, "Wait a minute. Your brother's in prison, you're a multimillionaire. What happened?" He goes, "Did you not read my file? <laughs> I had no other choice. I realized that that pathway was not going to do, it, and I refused to be end up as an alcoholic like my parents. I refused anything else other than but abundance and financial success. So I worked my ass off. I did this. I surrounded myself with positive people. And all of a sudden, same scenario but again, the power of choice, which resides in each of us. So, Jane, you talk about this all the time. What meaning are you going to give it? Mm. The question I want to ask you guys is, does that meaning or belief get you to wealth or does it keep you stuck in, in poverty? Well, look, guys,
0: I mean, the truth is that all of us are dealt a hand of cards. Right. You know, you're born, you have certain parents. Maybe they're great parents. Maybe they're awful. You know, maybe they have money. Maybe they don't. Maybe, maybe you're super smart and gorgeous and amazing. Or maybe you're just average and a normal person. Whatever it is, we all get dealt a certain hand of cards. There's nothing we can do about that. But regardless of how bad you think your hand is, there's always someone out there that had it way worse than you that still (laughs) found a way to make it. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, not period. I don't. I don't care who you are or what your name is. So, all of these excuses, even if they're true, even if it's like, yeah, you have a right to be upset. You can't allow that to define the limits of what your life is going to be. Because especially if other people have let you down, maybe your parents victimized you in some way or somebody along the way victimized you. It's like, fine, that's cool. I'm not saying that that's not a terrible thing. But nevertheless, you still have to live your life. You still have to find a way to make your goals come true and to make your dreams come true. So are you going to allow yourself to stay stuck there? Right? And all of us have things we would change about our history and maybe change about how we grew up or where we were raised or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, no one else can live your life for you. And so you cannot allow those things to define you. You have to take the hand that you've been dealt and you have to play it and you have to play to win. And that's the mindset that we see in successful, successful people. So just remember that, guys, that no matter how bad you think you have it, there's somebody out there that's got it worse than you and still found a way to succeed. Yeah, I love the movie Pursuit of Happiness by Chris Gardner. He didn't have it easy. Here he
1: is, a single dad with a son. They were homeless. He hustled and then got his Section 8, the Series 8 license and hustled, hustled, hustled. But again, he paid the price. But there's always a way if you're committed. And there's always an excuse or an obstacle in the way if you're not. It really does. I love that.
2: I can't because. Like, Mm -hmm. if you notice, it's like, I can't because as opposed to looking at, well, this is here. What are my options? How can I find a way? What can I do in the face of this that's going to have me move through it? This kind of goes along, I don't want to go sideswipe side this too much, but we talk about extreme ownership. Like if you just can kind of look at what can I own in this so that I can move forward, you know, or what do I have available to me? What resources do I have? What's inside of me? You know, anything so that you look at what resources do I have to do this? to accomplish this, to do this in the face of, and to do this in spite of. right? Any of that to get you back in action as opposed to doing, I can't do this because... Find out, look for what are those internal resources that you have available to you to move through whatever obstacles in front of you.
0: And if somebody has pushed you down, or if somebody has let you down, or somebody told you that you couldn't make it or couldn't succeed, I'll tell you right now, success is the best revenge so, don't <laughs> waste any any more time in anger and resentment than you have to. Just go out there and win, and uh, it's the it's the sweetest payback you can give. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jane, I love on
1: that that you said too. Is a stumbling block or a condition or an obstacle? It's either a stumbling block or a stepping stone, depending on what you want to make it mean.
0: Sure. Totally. Yeah. So, guys, the third thing that we see is about how people handle risk and this is probably the biggest one that i see this is the, kind of the most clear differentiator between the rich brain and the poor brain is that people that end up being successful are comfortable with or find the way to get comfortable with an enormous amount of risk and people that stay stuck where they are or don't succeed are very very uncomfortable when dealing with risk because the truth is everything is a risk when you pull pull out your credit card and you start running ads on Facebook or YouTube or Google or Twitter or start advertising for your business, it's a risk. You might not get that money back. When you do your first webinar, when you do a Facebook Live, when you begin to build an audience and build a tribe, when you begin to put yourself out there, when you raise your prices, when you get your first client, all of these are risks. All of these are situations where it's like, oh man, I, I could fall flat on my face here. The problem is every good thing that you want in your life, whether it's more money or more freedom or to make a bigger impact, it's all on the other side of that risk. There's no way to get to what you want without taking that risk. And so it seems like taking the risk is the scary thing to do, but it really (laughs) isn't. Because you're putting yourself in a situation where if you take the risk, yeah, maybe you fail, but maybe you change your life and get this incredible benefit. But if you don't take the risk, it seems safer, but failure is guaranteed. Because you never even took a shot. And so a lot of us know that intellectually, but when it comes time to take that plunge, it's still very tough. And you still have that moment of like huh, where you freeze. And so, Mark and Jane, I wanted to ask you guys what are the strategies that help in that moment when you're confronted with that risk and you're not sure what you should do?
2: I think it goes back to your global beliefs and focusing in on those, you know, overarching beliefs that run your life or the values that run your life. Like if you totally believe that you're meant to be happy, if you totally believed that, in the face of anything, that you'll find something great from it, that every challenge has, you know, opportunity, or there's no decision that you can make that's going to take you down, you know, into a road that you can't, that you won't be okay, right? Like if you have some really great global beliefs, risks become a little bit, a little bit easier. But I think even with those things, when you're stuck in it, like in making decision, you have the ability to like amplify potential like risk or you know mitigate potential risk and that's all about having a really good ability to focus your attention choose what to focus on and i'm smiling while we're talking about this because it's like right now i'm looking at doing this big move right and and deciding if i want to do this move and it's not it doesn't feel like it's a risk like i know that i'm be, gonna be okay but it's like focusing i can either focus on like everything that's available if i do this like really great amazing cross-country move or i could focus on oh what could i lose if i'm if i leave here you Know I lose connection. I lose my friends. I lose blah blah blah. Right, and it's all just a matter of where you're focusing your attention in that moment. That's going to determine how you feel. I love that,
1: Jane. I'd love to add to that. What helps me and what we do with a lot is let's look at this a different way. You don't live in a void. You were not building a, va- a business in a void. And if you look at the statistics before, it was even easier. It's harder today than it was 20, 30 years ago. And where I grew up, you could buy a house near the beach for $27,000. Today, that same house is $2.5 million. True story.
2: You really should have bought a house back then.
1: I Don't get me started. But here's... The- <laughs> I I could have bought a house in flat part of Encino for $103,000. And it was the last $5,000. God made sure that I got to, I didn't buy it. I sat out in front of making my offer. The only 5,000 I had in 1984, 83, 84. And I was going to buy this house for $105,000. So it's a VA foreclosure, four bedroom, three bath. I sat, I decided, no, I'm going to play it safe. I kept my check. And as God would have it, I toured that same house six and a half months later on caravan. And it was over $480,000. Yeah, I was pretty happy. And that was in the eighties. That's probably a three, $4 million house now. And the guy, to be fair, he did paint it. Okay. But let's get back on it. You don't build your business. I know it's pretty exciting about it, but you, (laughs) but if you look at the statistics of how you're going to retire 97%, according to the social security administration will retire dependent on the government. So when you're exhausted, when you think you're tired and you've paid your debt, you know, and done it, well, guess what? You can look forward to a social security check of about four to 600 bucks a month. You can be look forward to food stamps and all that. That's I have there's a 97% chance I don't want to be that guy. So that's the first part. Two percent are able to go ahead with the government subsistence, maintain their lifestyle and only one percent. So right now, I looked at it as you're risking if you don't do something different than what everyone else is doing. If you don't invest in yourself, who is? You know the government isn't going to do it. You know other, your competitors aren't going to do it. So I looked at it differently. And I remember this a long time ago, but I would rather die on my feet chasing my dream than live on my knees for the rest of my life. And at the end of the day, it's like the deck is stacked against you. And I also believe that if you get around the right people, if you go ahead and do the work and you think differently, that you have now a shot. And I'd rather have a shot at abundance and wealth by adding value to other people and going after. And like you said, Jane, and we talked about by looking at what other people that were successful and paying a bigger price than they did. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have to work harder. So be it. But if you get your head around that, I didn't want to be in a lot of the clients we talked to. That was the driving force.
0: They refuse to retire broke. And it's coming whether you're ready or not. Well, that's the thing. Playing it safe is the biggest risk of all. That's right. Because because failure is guaranteed. You are guaranteed to stay stuck where you are. So why not take a shot? And it's like, another thing too, is we have to put this in perspective. I mean, the risks that we're taking today, like it's almost like if you look Historically, the word risk doesn't even cut it. Like, I look at one of my relatives, uh, you know, who passed away recently. Was um, he fought in World War II? And not only did he fight in World War II, he lied about his age so that he could enlist at age fifteen yeah. and go over to Europe and like fight Nazis. Okay, like that's risk. You know what I mean? For us to be like, oh well, should we spend five hundred dollars a day on Facebook ads or six hundred dollars a day on Facebook ads or hundred dollars a day? I mean, like honestly, that's not really risk. So when I'm in those moments, I think about that. And I'm like, look, let's just put this in perspective. I mean, yep. th- this is a guy. And then many, many people made this choice to go out there and do what they needed to do to take that risk, to put their whole life on the line. And it's like they did that without hesitation. So can we have enough courage to you know, roll out this new offer or do this webinar or do this Facebook Live? It's like, yeah, I think we can find it someplace.
1: I was going to say too, it's also important to keep in context. Two thirds of the world is living on something like $3 a day. Totally. So even, even our people on welfare have more opportunity. We have American privilege in this country compared to people in Ethiopia, Somalia, Syria. Look around the world. Those people right now are hoping for their next meal. Right now, you, you know, I know people that, that are there. They're not where they want to be, but good is the mortal enemy of your greatness. It's just enough money and food so that, oh, I can't risk it. Oh, I can't risk it. So they never get out of that comfort zone, and that's the big, big part of it. Because that's why so many immigrants come to this country and really rock. Because they remember what true poverty was. They know what true risk was about going days with no food. They come here and seize the opportunity. All they see here is opportunity. It's something to think about.
0: So another you brought up impact guys, and that's that's a really great segue into the next one, which is the poor brain focuses on how can I make more money. But the rich brain focuses on what needs can I meet? What do people need? What problems can I solve? How can I make a contribution? So maybe that's another way to say it. The poor brain is focused on how can I make money? How can I make money? How can I make money? But the truly wealthy people and the truly successful people are a 100% focused on the contribution that they're making to the world. If you ask yourself the question, how can I make more money? I don't know. I've always found that question to be a dead end. Even though if you read a lot of books about wealth and success, they say, ask that question, how can I make more money? But the truth is that money is a byproduct. right? Money is like points in a basketball game. So instead of asking, how can I score more points? Or how can I get more points? Or even how can I win the game? A better question is, how can I put the ball in the basket? So it's the same thing with building wealth and building success. It's what needs can I meet? Because at the end of the day, that's what people are paying us to do. And when you shift your focus to making more money, from from making more money to focusing on other people's needs, it just opens up all kinds of possibility and it clarifies things in a way that I think nothing else can. Where you can see it today, where you look at certain businesses and they're just so focused on money, 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 money. Your number one priority needs to be who who are my clients? Who are my customers? Who are the people that I've been put on this earth to help? And what do they need from me? And how can I meet that need better than anyone else out there?
1: Zig Ziglar had a quote that you can get everything you want if you help enough other people get what they want. And it was Absolutely. Really And then the other one, the old marketing frame, which I, I remember hearing a lot, was the old school thinking was find a need and solve it, which is fine. The newer marketing strategy was either create a need or expose a need and help solve it. And to your point, even what people forget is that just like we talked about in the other conversations about, you know, service selling or selling people to the truth. The other one too, is people really underestimate solving that problem and actually caring about the client mm-hmm. and people forget about that impact as well. But yeah, when you're willing to go ahead and serve other people and help them make their life better, how many people are you willing to serve? Because people that get it, the billionaires today are because they serve somebody and created or solved a problem for large amounts of people if you're in high ticket, you're solving a very big, big problem and you're really good at solving it. So again, maybe isn't the mass, maybe not a billion people are going to sign up for your web platform, but if you could solve really powerful problems and be really good at it, you can charge a premium rate too. It's a different way to get where you want to go.
2: Yeah. Well, I other, mean, that's
0: that's why people get paid. Yeah. Go ahead, Jay.
2: Yeah. Well, the other amazing side effect of focusing on solving a problem or focusing on, you know, somebody else's needs or focusing on a problem you're going to solve is now all of a sudden the focus isn't on yourself. Because where the uncertainty can get really big and where you're focusing on oh, all this risk, and how does this affect me? And what about me and my family and what this is going to do? And all of that comes from your focus kind of going internal, where if you start to to focus on what need am I trying to solve? Or what problem am I trying to solve? Where is the impact that I want to help make? What is the contribution that I want to make? You actually then start focusing on solving that problem or serving or making an impact. And when something that you're working on feels bigger than yourself, all kinds of magic can happen because then you don't get caught up as much in your own stuff, your own obstacles, your own internal mind because now it's about doing something outside of yourself, making that impact.
0: That's a huge distinction, Jane, because I know for me that there are tremendous reserves of Power and energy that you tap into when you focus on helping other people versus when you focus on making money. I mean, most of us will only go so far. You know, I mean, if you have a million dollars, let's just say you get to the point where you have a million dollars in the bank or ten million dollars in the bank or whatever. For most people, it's like I'm good. I got it. You know what I mean? I, I got it. But what's going to propel you forward is not at some point, it's not going to be just the accumulation of money. It's going to be about making a contribution and making the world a better place. Personally, that's what gives me, and I know that's what gives you guys the energy to push through challenges, the energy to work harder, the energy to take the big risks, the energy to to roll out new projects and be really aggressive with how fast we're growing the business. It's not about making more money because you reach a point where it just doesn't matter anymore. It's about making a bigger impact. And so just understand that if all you're focusing on is making more money and making more money... I'm not saying you can't have success. You'll have success, but what will happen is you'll hit a ceiling where you're satisfied. You've got enough. You know, you've know, you got whatever, the Rolls Royce, you've got the cool house, you've got the car, whatever it is, and, and, and everything's fine. And then you will not be able to go any further. But if you are focused like a laser on the contribution you're making in the world, That is a well that never runs dry. Your tank will never run out of gas. You will always wake up in the morning on fire with purpose, ready to whoop some ass, ready to do something great. It's because you're not focused on yourself and you're not focused on the money. You're focused on the contribution, on fixing those big problems, on helping people win. That's something that's never going to let you down. Spot on. So guys, number five, The poor brain sees money as a way to buy stuff. (laughs) The rich brain sees money as a way to create freedom, not just for yourself, but freedom for other people as well. And freedom to create the things you want to create and live the life you want to live without having to worry about the little day-to-day details. I mean, you just don't. Yeah. It it gets back to that thing. If you you study people
1: who won the lotto within five years, almost all of them are broke because again, you're right. They buy stuff that they don't need to try and pacify something in their heart or in their gut about, you know, God, I need that. Now I'm somebody, it gets all the way back to the very first one we talked about where you're not enough. And now that I've got money, I'm going to prove to everybody else. Now I'm rich. And if you don't know what it took to get it and you don't shift your thinking again, like Jane was talking about the slingshot, all of a sudden they got money, but their mindset never shifted. And it's like a rubber band. You can only stretch it so far before it breaks or it snaps right back to its comfort zone. And so that's a big, big part. And to your stack on the last one, when you're focusing on freedom, not just for yourself, your freedom comes on how many people will you liberate out of their pain, out of their suffering, out of their problems. Because when you're doing that, you now have, like you said, an unlimited amount of energy. You have an unlimited number of clients. And the way that we we explained it was imagine you're a good, kind-hearted person and you're in a boat and you've, you're, you realize that a ferry overturned and you go up there and start pulling people out of the water and you pull one over and he's like, I'm good. No, that's not good. There's still 400 people in the water. Help us pull more in. The more you pull it in, you're a captain. Go take one of the other boats and help us pull the other ones in. The minute you tap into the, like we've said on the one training, it's not about you it's about the other people. You will have unlimited energy and unlimited ability to tap into that resourcefulness, creativity in there because you realize that that's where your source of power is going to come. And now you're not the guy who won money with nothing, you know, lotto. now you're back on purpose and, and freedom expands rapidly
0: for you and the other people. The real currency of the 21st century is not money. It's time and it's mobility.
2: Yeah, so and perfect. You should say that again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the real currency of the 21st century is not money; it's time and it's mobility. Time to do the things you want. Time to focus on what you want, and the mobility to travel, to live anywhere, to work from anywhere. You know the power of the business model that we teach is that you can make a huge impact on on the clients that you want, so that you're making the world a better place. But ultimately, you can have an incredibly successful business without really having to go anywhere. I mean, all you need is a laptop and an internet connection. You know, people may not know this about clients on demand, but we're on track to do somewhere north of $20 million this year, and all of us work from home. You know, we don't have an office. We don't have to get in the car and commute anywhere. Um, we regularly, three, four, five times a year, take trips to like really exotic, fun places, and we're still running our business and it runs like clockwork. So, again, it's not about making more money. It's about having that time back, having that freedom back to enjoy your life and actually doing it in a way that makes the world a better place and makes a contribution to your fellow man. That's really what it's all about for me. I, I can't imagine having anything better than that. And so you begin to see things differently when you see time as the real currency. People will do things like stand in line at Best Buy on Black Friday for five <laughs> hours to save $30 on a flat screen TV. Well, okay, cool. But $30 savings divided by five hours is like six bucks an hour. If I went to you and I said, hey, man, I have a job for you to do. I'm only going to pay you $6 an hour. Most of you guys would be like, uh, yeah, right. But you see people doing that because they don't understand the value of their time. The more you can create this kind of leverage, guys, and the more you have a business where you're getting the clients you want, and you're making the impact you want, and you're you're commanding the kind of prices that you want, and you have this freedom, you really start to put a premium on the value of your time because you understand what it's worth. So at the end of the day, our goal is to give all three of those things to our clients, where it's income, you're making the money that you want. You also have the freedom to enjoy your life. And you're also making an impact at the same time. It's that income, the freedom, and the impact. And if you have all three of those, then you have a business that can really transform your life.
2: And feel good doing it. (laughs) Feel good doing it, baby. So guys,
0: look, That's the difference between uh, the poor brain and the rich brain. We could keep going. But guys, look, if you want to begin to make some of these shifts in your business, right? and we haven't really gotten a lot into business strategy on this call. This has been more about mindset. But at the end of the day, all of these things fit together. So if you're interested in talking to us about whether we can help you begin to create those things in your life, the impact you want, the income you want, but also the freedom, the lifestyle that you want, then I want you to head over to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. Book an appointment to speak to us. You can get on the phone with our team, for about 45 minutes and you can tell us everything that's working in your business, everything that's not working, where you want to go, where you've been stuck, and we'll put our heads together and we'll begin to craft the plan for you to hit your income goals, your lifestyle goals, but then also your impact goals so that it's not all about you. It's about that contribution. It's about fixing those big problems. It's about the difference that you make in the world. And we'll show you how you might be able to build a business that can check all three of those boxes, the income you want. You have the freedom to do it from anywhere. And you're making a difference at the same time. So go to clientsondemand.com forward slash call and book an appointment to speak to us. Mark, Jane, you guys are absolute superstars. Thank you so much for coming on here and um, dropping your wisdom on us. It's always great to hear your guys' perspective. Awesome. Thanks Thank for you. Us. All right, superstars, we will see you on the next show. Bye bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. Number one, the exact price you should be charging. Number two, the exact target audience you should be going after. And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to reach them. Remember, scaling your coaching or service business does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped clients all over the world scale their businesses to six and seven figures while enjoying life and making the world a better place along the way.